You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale, and I am sitting in the studio all alone because Jonathan Green is doing Trans Am. Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> creating mayhem as usual. He's at Road Atlanta. He's, uh, he's doing, working for CBS. And speaking of CBS, so is Bob Varsha. He's doing Formula E for CBS. But he's... This is CBS. <laughs> Very good, Casey. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's he's in Brazil. He was WhatsApping me a little while ago saying that it was uh, it was pretty cool. I think he was kind of excited about being down there. So those boys are not going to be with me. So you just got me tonight, but we had a ton to talk about. I spent the afternoon out at Circuit of the Americas, out at the NASCAR race. And, I, and uh, I got to catch up with Gunther Steiner, the man himself. So I did a little interview with him. Uh, nothing no, too. I'm not Gene. I'm Gunther. <laughs> exactly. He's Gunther. Uh, and uh, it was really fun. I'll tell you all about it. And uh, he was he was on the uh, the television coverage because they they claimed because there was two Formula One drivers, of course, Kimi Raikkonen and Jensen Button, racing in the race, and they wanted the. Uh, the Formula One perspective doesn't has nothing to do with the massive popularity of Gunther Steiner. Can't hurt to have him, but it was fun to have him on the uh, the coverage. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched that, but let me check the YouTube see if anybody watched it. Kevin Kelly looks like he did, but anyway, it was uh, it was really cool. I I didn't spend the entire day out there. I watched. I came back to get ready for the show and uh, watched. I watched more of a NASCAR race than I have in a while, just with all our focus on Formula One these days. I just don't get time to to watch any of it. But uh, but out there, I was noticing the difference between Formula One and NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas. And it Flag. was... Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys! <laughs> yeah. it, was, uh, it was quite different. In fact, right when I parked my car, I got on the media shuttle... And there was a woman there who was doing PR or something for, for NASCAR. And she said, this is my first trip to, to CODA. And she said, uh, she said, I know Formula One comes here, right? And she said, is there any other race? She didn't really know much about Formula One. And she, she said, well, what's the difference? And I said, pretty much everything, starting with the number of people. I mean, NASCAR at CODA, it's a big event. I mean, I think, I think, they, I think the first year was about – Sixty or eighty thousand, and that was my estimate. Just looking at the crowd after after seeing every event ever at Coda, I'm I'm a pretty good judge. Um, I didn't really look today, but I think it's it's probably around that. It was it was nice and crowded, but I told her it was like. She said, "Well, how how much bigger?" I said, five times bigger," and she was like, "Oh my!" And it and it does feel like it because the the crowd at during Formula One is just. I mean, it's just an electric, amazing, just crazy event. And this was, this was fun. Definitely a little more laid back. I saw lots more Daisy Dukes than you see at a Formula One race. I saw a lot more cowboy hats and bell buckles. I saw quite a bit of tailgating. Just lots of regular folks having a blast. And I, uh, I was wandering through the paddock. I actually got kind of sucked in on the cars, just like probably all of you guys would and gals. I got uh, was walking through the paddock. Of course, I was walking through. It was a little different than a Formula One paddock. You know, all the garage, all the cars were were backed up to the door of their garages. And it, the time that I went through was probably about about two hours before the start of the race. And all of them had the cars running. And 
I, I, I couldn't breathe. I was like, how are all you people standing right behind all these cars? But uh, it was fun, and uh, I think my shirt still smells like it's like unburnt fuel, all the rich mixtures in and out of there. But it was super easy to get in and out of because the, the volume, compared to F1 anyway, the volume was, and, and of course, probably because Coda has figured it out, y'all. They have figured out how to get people in and out of there. So um, it was fun. It was very cool. Uh, the cars themselves, I wrote down some notes because the cars themselves, you know, I hadn't, I didn't go last year because it was a Formula One day. So I didn't go to Coda for, for NASCAR, but they sound more refined. They sound like a next gen car, like they always call it. I mean, and even on the track, I was listening to them on, uh, on track and they sounded more mechanical, more refined is the only word I can keep come up with, but of course, they had the NASCAR big throaty V8, and I don't know. They sound like they have a good shriek at the top end of the RPM band, but um, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you guys watched the race, but it was a good race. Kimi Raikkonen, did y'all see that he was up to fourth? And right before we went on the air, I jumped on to see where he finished, and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and he finished 29th. He was still running, but he was fourth with nine laps to go, maybe eight laps to go. Of course, that was before the... I don't know how many restarts it was. Oh, it was a ton of restarts. You know, we all complain about our our Formula One, whatever the FIA not not doing uh, not doing get, not getting the uh, the calls quick enough. And but every every series, every sport, it's got its issues. And that was just too many restarts at the end there for NASCAR. I even heard uh, Mike Joy was calling the race and goes, "Oh, another restart!" and yeah, and uh, and uh, who was it? Clint Boyer said, oh, no, no, really? And you could tell it was just in his voice, but Casey was just telling me, he said, eight cautions and how many? Eight? Wow. For 17 laps. That is crazy. But, uh, but yeah, it was a fun race to watch, and I, was, I enjoyed it. With, uh, enjoyed it as a fan. That was kind of fun to just to go out there. I pretty much had my goal was to go get an interview with Gunther and Jensen and Kimi and Jimmy and Kimi and, and uh, Jensen Button were were just not available. I couldn't do it. I tried to get Connor Daly too, but all those guys had all their duties, and I didn't kind of. I kind of went out late. So, but uh, yeah, I was pretty cool with Gunther because I uh, I, I just kind of caught him last minute. It was very fun, but. But the NASCAR race was fun. It was good to watch. And, and uh, Tyler Reddick scores his first 2023 win here at Coda in triple overtime. And it was kind of fun going into the race with looking at all of the uh, the road course ringers, as they called them. Because, like, Jordan Taylor, he started P4. Where did he finish? Let me see. Because he started going down the, the list pretty quick. He finished 24th. And... Uh, so he was starting P fourth. Kimmy started P twenty second. Button twenty fourth, and Connor Daly thirty fifth. But none of those guys did that great. Obviously, didn't finish that well. But uh, but yeah, they got six road courses in NASCAR this year. So and that new car, that that latest car, because it came out last year. I mean, just looking at it, they're more they're symmetrical, right? I think that's one of the big differences. They're symmetrical. They've got rack and pinion steering. They've got. Uh, sequential gearboxes and a whole bunch more but but just looking at them they look like they'd be better on a road course i know that the lap times at coda don't um don't show that because that was one thing i had to get used to like towards the end of the race um like when i got back to the house i flipped it on and it was like 20 laps left and i was like oh 20 laps and i kind of converted the time in my head and i went oh wait a minute i gotta reconvert that because what are Coda lap times with F1 are like a minute and 35-ish and uh, NASCAR like 2.15. But I know it's it it's like Gunther says in this interview, it's not the same thing. It's all fun. It's just different. So I was not complaining, and it was it was just fun to watch. And the people looked like they were having a blast, and it was not so crazy overcrowded that people could sit anywhere they wanted. I saw lots of people on all the, the usual suspects out there up on turn one and – and lots of grassy spots, people spread out on those with their stuff. It was pretty cool. But um, but 
I, I think I'm going to go to break now because we, I want to get to Gunther, but I'm going to play it after the break. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I'll have Gunther Steiner. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steinholt. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. All right, welcome back. Hey, we're going to talk a lot about Formula One today. I didn't really go run down what we're going to talk about because I'm going to talk about, of course, McLaren firing their technical director, James Key. I'm going to talk about what the heck's going on with Ferrari, some some Red Bull dominance. And I'm going to go a little uh, fanboy on Logan Sargent. And we've got some clips. We had a clip from Leclerc, one from Logan Sargent. So we're going to talk about that later in the show. But like I said right before the break, I got to see Gunther Steiner. Man, it was really great to see him in person. And uh, he was out there doing the television for NASCAR. And I caught up with him for just a couple of minutes here, uh, right before he went on the air. So let's uh, let's hear from Gunther Steiner. All right, we're out at Circuit of the Americas for the NASCAR event. And I ran into an old friend, Gunther Steiner. Mr. Steiner, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Welcome to Austin again. Yeah, always happy to come here, you know, and uh, hope you're doing well and everybody's doing well here. But I'm a little bit early this year, I guess. So, you know, I just got the date wrong. <laughs> so you're doing NASCAR TV, my friend. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guest. I'm a guest speaker just to get a little bit of uh, uh, comparison with F1 in, I guess. You know, they asked me and uh, I like to come here. So I have the whole family here and uh, we have a weekend out. That's fantastic. You got the family with you too? Yeah, as well. Yeah, they came with me because I'm going straight from here, not straight from here. I go first to uh, Los Angeles, but then to Melbourne, where we race next weekend. That's great. Well, I had the same experience. Everybody's asking me, how does this compare to F1? They were going on and on. And I said, it's completely different, but absolutely fun and fantastic. 
Absolutely. And as you say, uh, people uh, normally ask, is it better, is it worse? There is no better or worse. It's just different. You know, it's, uh, uh, I, I like every racing car in the world, you know, and uh, I came to the States because of NASCAR. And uh, 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 if I wouldn't have come here, I think Haas F1 wouldn't exist. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I think and I've got a lot of friends in NASCAR. So when they asked me, it was not like I, I didn't have to think a long time about it. You know, and it's, it's quite good fun with, uh, with Clint and Kurt Busch in the studio. You know, they, they are quite uh, outspoken as well. So I, I hope we have got fun. Yeah, I'm sure you're like me about when I was walking by the NASCAR, the cars themselves. I was drawn in, taking photos, looking at the brake calipers, looking at the diffusers. I know you're probably the same way. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like uh, I have difficulty. I haven't got the time to go real in there. I, I saw Kimmy yesterday briefly. He's a friend, you know. And I saw Jensen actually 10 days ago when he was in Charlotte uh, uh, taking his pictures and uh, making the announcement. But I didn't have a lot of time to go and see the cars. And I think now it's getting too late because they are getting ready to go out there. So, But uh, obviously yesterday when I got here, I had a quick uh, peek into it to the garage. But uh, as you say, uh, I like every kind of racing car. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, thank you for giving Chris Medlin so much time when we're on the radio. So we appreciate it. No, no problem. You're welcome. All right. Well, have fun. Have fun with your family. Thank you very much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Man, what a nice guy. He is in person, is just as nice. And you know what? Think about it, guys. He's given us time. And why, why would he give just us little Speed City time? But I actually heard through the grapevine, I think it was, uh, I think it was Stu, his PR guy, he said, now, actually, it was through it was through um, uh, Dave O'Neill, who used to work for Gunther, right? Who who's uh, on the air with us occasionally, a former team manager for Haas. He told me that Gunther said that you know he's loyal, and we were there. We were interviewing him before Drive to Survive made him a, a worldwide superstar, and so it's really cool that he um, that he respects that part. But anyway, he was fun, and uh, he uh, he did a good job on television. I was. I, I wrote in my notes were some fun, like Clint Boyer was having fun with him. He said, uh, it was one time one of the cars crashed and he went to Gunther and he said something like, well, what do you tell him at that point? And Gunther was saying something about, you know, just I wait till they get in after the race. And But but uh, Clint Boyer said, said, is that the point where you have to call Gene on that show? He was like, he didn't want to talk about Drive to Survive. So that was pretty funny. I'm sure every motorsports series that's not Formula One, that's kind of a, a Voldemort name that shall not be mentioned. Um, I saw Jesse on YouTube says he was out there today at NASCAR. He said he went to see Kimmy. said it was great time, good weather, free parking, tons of space. Got a, uh, got great Kimmy merch he wasn't expecting. That's cool. That's great, Jesse. You're here in Austin, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was good to hear from him. And I liked what he said about, what Gunther said about uh, that Hasef one wouldn't exist without him. And if y'all know that story, and I didn't research it today, but if I remember correctly, you know, Gunther moved to, he lives in North Carolina and has lived there for a long time, but he moved here to get involved in NASCAR. And in some conversation with Gene, he, he ran the idea behind it, Gene Haas to do a Formula One team. And that's was, that was the genesis for the Hasef one team. And that, that Gunther Steiner was uh, was the one that came up with the idea. So we can thank him for having Haas F1. Uh, yeah, it's cool that he was headed straight to Melbourne from here. Huh? I guess his family's going back home, and he's headed out to Melbourne from here. And, yeah, speaking of that, we got our coverage, man. We're going to be late night, Casey. I'm looking at you, producer. We're going to be live on the air at 11, <laughs> 11 p.m., uh, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday night, because Friday night, you know, we, we have a new show that we do a post qualifying show, but Casey, you're learning this for the first time. We are not going to do the post qualifying show this weekend. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to do it. Uh, we have a, we have a new sponsor for that show coming on board pretty soon, but they're not on board yet. And so everybody at the national radio deal said, are you sure you guys want to do it? I said, if y'all don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. So anyway, we're going to do our regular show, our regular pre and post um, on Saturday night, Sunday morning for, for Melbourne. So I'm looking forward to it. I still have fun. I'll never forget that time Bob Varsha and I were on. It was like three in the morning and I looked down and we had our biggest audience on YouTube. We had like 2000 people watching live on YouTube at three in the morning. I was like, 
what country are all these people coming from? I meant to go back and what look. What the hell have we gotten into here? <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to see the analytics, see what country people were watching from. But All right, hey, boys, let's, let's talk some Formula One. Um, the big headline probably of the week for Formula One was James Key was fired at McLaren as a head of their, he was their technical director. And that's kind of a big bomb, honestly. I mean, mid-season, you know, I say it's mid, it's early, but but right in the middle of the season, you just fire your technical director. And, I mean, that's a pretty drastic action to to fire that off right at the, you know, in the middle of the season. And, uh, but, I mean, look, let's face it. McLaren has not had their best start to the year. And I want to get Andy P's uh, comments on that. Um, oh, and I just looked at Andy P's comments on YouTube. He says, I love the new post quality show. Thanks, Andy. It's it's fun to do that show. It's super easy and fun, exciting. We just came off of qualifying. Very cool. But uh, but yeah, Andy, I want to see what you got to say. In, in fact, we've got up, Casey put up on the YouTube screen about the comments from that. And I definitely want to, to run through some of those because this was, I mean, this was a really interesting way to to go about this. And um, I mean, just the fact that they did it at the beginning of the season, and uh, let me get my notes on that. But but let's talk about it first, because first of all, McLaren out of the box, first two races, and miserable. Zero points, right? So um, they did not, you know, they had um, they had uh, reliability in Bahrain, right? And then, of course, both cars wing damage in lap one in Saudi Arabia. So, but but there was some, it showed flashes of some speed at Saudi. So... I definitely think there's some hope there, but if this this is their worst start since 2017, and they've got some upgrades due. But let's look at the comments on uh, from McLaren because I mean they talked about why they did this right, and one of the interesting things it says they announced a number of organizational changes right, so they're going to go away from a single executive uh, technical director role overseeing the whole operation, and instead it's going to be a team, a Formula One technical executive team comprised of three new specialized technical director roles reporting to the team principal. And and now, so with James Key gone, they've got several people. Basically, they've just kind of restructured their org chart, right? So instead of it going from Andrea Stella straight to James Key, a technical director, they've got that second box with multiple people in it. So... I mean, I don't know how many, if any other F1 teams do it that way. I just thought it was an interesting way to do that. So uh, we'll see how that comes out. But I'm scrolling down the page. Andrea Stella, team principal at McLaren, says, Firstly, I'd like to thank James for his hard work and commitment during this time. Wish him well, the usual stuff. But says, looking ahead, I'm determined and fully focused on leading McLaren back to the front of the field. And since taking the role at team principal there, I've been given the mandate to take a strategic approach to ensure team is set for a long-term foundation for us to build over the years. It says the new structure provides clarity and effectiveness within the team's technical department and puts us in a strong position to maximize performance, including optimizing the new infrastructure upgrades we have coming in 23. So this is really interesting, guys, because, I mean, I, I feel like what they've done is they've put pressure on themselves through the efforts of Zach Brown because Zach Brown is a master marketer, right? How many new sponsors and how many new American sponsors with high expectations, right? They, you know, when you sponsor a Formula One team with millions and tens of millions and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, there's a, you know, there's some expectation there. And they got some TV time, but it's not where they wanted. But let me scroll down the page here and see what Zach Brown has said. He says, it's important now that we ensure us we have a solid foundation as the next phase of our journey. It has been clear to me for some time that our technical department has not moved at a quick enough pace to match our ambition of returning to the front of the grid. That's a key sentence there. It says, I'm pleased that having completed a full review with Andrea, we're now able to implement the restructure required to set the wheels in motion to turn this around. And he wraps it up by saying, I'm determined to see McLaren get back to where we should be. And... Who was I listening to? I think it was Mark Priestley. And he does a great, great YouTube uh, post-race analysis. I think it's usually on Tuesdays on his YouTube show. But he was saying, you know, he's being an ex-F1 mechanic, right? And he was saying, you know, no team deserves an automatic spot at the front of the grid, you know. Uh, except maybe Ferrari with their extra zillions of dollars they get. <laughs> uh, Tongue-in-cheek there. But 
but I don't know. I, I think everybody wants to see McLaren do good at some point. Not everybody, but a lot of us. Um, and I am a fan. I'm, I'm a just across the board fan. I don't really have a team, honestly. I can really honestly say that. I'm just, but I do like to see McLaren doing good. And, and I like all the American support they have. And I do like all the American connections they have. So um, we shall see. Let me see what the boys are saying here on YouTube. Andy P, I knew he would, he's North America's biggest McLaren fan. It says, so McLaren and James Key, it's clear that the new regs with him never meshed quite right. Yeah, he did a great job with the MCL 35, but the fact they came out of the box poorly since, yeah, doomed them. Uh, he says it's a combo, a bunch of factors with new uh, new TP and, t and uh, team principal Andrew Estelle, and they want to be at the front by 2025. Hey, look, uh, and I could believe they could do it. Look what Aston Martin did. We just don't know, right, anymore. So, uh, oh, yeah, and even though it's explainable, not meeting the launch deadline was not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, that probably, that may have been that final straw. Give them a couple of races and they couldn't do it. So, yep, it's not not fun times at McLaren right now. And uh, I was just looking at some other notes. They do have some upgrades coming. So if you're, an, if, if you're a McLaren fan, they do have some... Uh, some upgrades coming at Baku and Azerbaijan. So that will be interesting. Um, I'll just some other notes here. Despite how unhappy the team is, it's relative competitiveness. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just really haven't a good, clean race to see where they're at. That's what we need to do. We need to see, and you know, we don't know because Melbourne may not be the most, may not, may not be the spot for them either, but we're just going to have to give it some time and see what happens with McLaren because. We definitely want to see them try to get that ship righted. But um, all right, well, let's see what else I want to talk about tonight. The next one I had on my list was um, <laughs> I was going to talk about Ferrari because I wrote in my notes, are they fourth fastest now? And so I was like, let me look at the constructor standings. Just look at this objectively. So Red Bull and constructors, 87, of course, way out there. Aston Martin, the fantastic surprise, tied with Mercedes at 38 points. And Ferrari back in fourth with 26. And I don't know because Mercedes was definitely looking better in Saudi, right? And Ferrari's, what was it, sixth and seventh at Saudi? I mean, that is not going to cut it at Ferrari. But I'm, I'm not sure I'm quite ready to say that Mercedes has, is faster than, than Ferrari and on pace across the board. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Because that would... That would be just a kick in the gut for Ferrari if they're fourth fastest, especially after Mercedes coming out of the box saying, well, we're, our car is miserable. But I think Mercedes is, is moving the right direction right now. We'll have to wait and see. It's still a little bit early to claim all of that. But I definitely think that it's disappointing for all the Ferrari fans. But let me just run down the rest of those constructors. Let's see. We got Alpine in fifth with eight points. Alfa Romeo, four points. Haas with a point, Williams with a point, and AlphaTauri and McLaren with the big knot at the bottom there. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, oh, you know what? I do. Before we move away from Ferrari, I have a clip. Casey, you got that one ready? Because I got oh, Charles Leclerc. Um, this was post-race that Chris Medlin did for us uh, right after Saudi. And at the end of this clip, I want you all to listen to what Charles Leclerc says. You ready, Chase? All right, here we go. Charles, that didn't look like the result you were kind of expecting going into this race weekend. It looked like Ferrari just didn't quite have the pace of Mercedes or Aston Martin over the race distance. Yeah, on the software, I think uh, pretty strong uh, because I got past the people and then I was in free air so I could use the pace of the car. Then on the hard, I, I couldn't really push more whenever I got within over, over one second, from one second to one second and a half to Carlos, which was just not enough to get the DRS. There I was losing too much downforce and it was just impossible to, uh, to get closer. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like this. It's, uh, it's a shame, but it's like this. What do you take away from this weekend? What have you learned? We are just too slow, so we need to, uh, we need to work hard. We are just too slow. We need to work hard. Uh, he definitely looked frustrated. More than once this season, Charles Leclerc has. So, uh, yeah, nobody at Ferrari is happy right now. All right, guys, let's get another quick break in. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after a quick break.
Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstott Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Ah, good eye, Casey, finding that Tony Stewart clip. Speaking of NASCAR legends, I was on the media shuttle and not really paying attention, just saw some some young guy scootering up. Uh, but I noticed he was turning into the paddock, and I was like, wait a minute, that was Jimmy Johnson came just scooting in on a scooter at like not like not like a like a scooter that's like those lime scooters that are in all over downtown Austin, like a scourge. And he that's how he got into the paddock. I don't know where he was He was coming from way out in the like the main parking lot area. I don't know where he'd been, but but yeah, I said I was gonna talk about uh some more Formula One stories, and one of them is I wanna talk about Red Bull dominance. Um and it's looks pretty crazy, right? I mean, it looks intense. And I saw a really interesting quote from Toto Wolf. This was actually I saw on a, one of Chris Medlin's articles on Racer.com. And he was saying something basic to the effect, don't go negative about Red Bull dominance was the headline. He says, um, he said, we've had those years where we were, we were as strong, but as a meritocracy, Wolf says, uh, meritocracy. Casey, can you Google that and look it up for me? I'm just, I'm joking. Uh, meritocracy. I'm not, I'm, my education is lacking. I think that means based on performance, but he says, we shouldn't talk it down because I remember hearing voices like that between 2014 and 2020. Really? Total Wolf, you actually remember that? I think that's pretty much what most of us said for all of those years. He said, what makes a sport so special is that you need to work hard to win and you just, des- and you deserve it. And that is a matter of fact. 
And even if it's not great for the show, that the same guys win all the time is because they have done good. And, and we haven't, he says. We all hope for good entertainment. It's our duty to catch up and fight these guys. We'll do everything in our power to fight back. Blah, blah. Rest of totals. But you know what? Um, we should celebrate. I think I said this maybe on the, on the show with Chris on Wednesday. But we should celebrate what Red Bull has done. Uh, no matter if you're a fan or not. If you, because it is amazing what they've done. That car is, we don't even know how much faster it is than the other cars, right? I mean, it feels like they're just kind of giving it whatever they need to win is what it feels like right now, right now and holding back their powder. So we don't know how fast they're going to get. And uh, here's some comments from Christian Horner. He says, um, he said, he admits he's surprised by his team's advantage. He says, you can only focus on yourself. So all testament to the team and Milton Keynes. They've done a wonderful job. It was so critical, critical for us to come out of the blocks competitively. He says the wind tunnel reduction has has uh, applied since, what, last October. So for us, we couldn't afford to miss the target. So anyway, we'll see. But um, he, but I thought it was funny that he said he was surprised by his team's advantage. But he said he's surprised about that the other teams haven't caught up. So we'll see about that. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Are you... Uh, are you okay with the Red Bull dominance for a season? Because if you think about the races we've seen so far, first of all, in Bahrain, it was fantastic to see Aston Martin, all the testing and all the times we saw at a testing actually come to fruition and they actually were fast. And having Alonso being fast is amazing. And of course, in Saudi, there was so much going on behind Checo and, and ultimately Max that it was fun. I think I thought the race was great, super entertaining. Watching Logan Sargent and watching all the action behind him, and of course, uh, the debacle with the FIA getting the podium, having Alonso hand the podium trophy to George Russell and then him hand it back. I don't know how many fingerprints were on that trophy, but but it was not good. But um, but you know, like I said earlier, every motorsport series, every sport has their challenge. And with officiating and getting it all right, balancing the entertainment and all that. But uh, Derek says on YouTube, he says it reminds me of Red Bull and the Vettel and Weber years. Absolutely. That's right. And you just keep, you can keep going back. Ferrari and Schumacher, you just go back and back and it happens. It always happens. So it's going to happen if a team gets it right. And we should just be excited that they figured out the technology and the, the rules and everything else. So I'm okay with that. Um, I did find it funny on this subject. Did you guys see what Lewis Hamilton said about it? He said, I've never seen a car so fast and dominant. I was like, hello, do you remember 2014 through 2020? Same thing with Total Wolf. I was like, hey, what do you guys think about Red Bull? I mean, what do you think about Hamilton and, and George Russell? Is George Russell faster than Lewis Hamilton? I mean, we saw last year that he had more points. I felt like at the beginning of the year that Ham of last year, I felt like Hamilton was so downtrodden that his car was so bad that he was he just didn't get in the groove. And then of course later in the year he did better. But what do y'all think? Do y'all think that that George Russell is faster than Hamilton right now? Has has Hamilton lost a step? I mean, he's was so dominant and he was so mistake free those years at Mercedes. He was just mistake free. And that's not that he's making mistakes. He just doesn't, he's just not quite as fast as, as George Russell, it seems like this year. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I just wondered if any of you guys felt the same way, because it's going to be an interesting one to just watch as the season goes along. So uh, did y'all see that Alonzo made that uh, Braun GP comparison after Mar after Aston Martin's leap up the order? I thought that was an interesting comment. I mean, I know we got a we got a lot of season to go, and I think, but I'm enjoying this. I mean, Alonzo is one of those that he you can love him and hate him at the same time, but I am definitely enjoying this. But uh, he referred to he was what he was talking about was um, was Braun GP and how they how they did so fantastic. I wish I had Bob Varsha here because he would he would spout the history of of all of that Formula One, but. Um, but it was fun to uh, to hear him comment about that, and I'll take it. I'll take it, Alonzo. Uh, a couple of more stories I wanted to talk about was, um, uh, oh, I saw the one that 
Uh, Total Wolf said he admitted to the missing Nikki Lauda during this times for for Mercedes. That was kind of an emotional one that I thought about. Nikki Lauda was such a big part of that Mercedes teams up until he passed. But uh, let's see what else did I have for you guys. Uh, I know Johnny P- Johnny Spa on YouTube was talking about uh, MotoGP. He's talking about Marquez was on fire. And in more than one way, and and I'm, I, man, Johnny, I have to admit it, I don't, I have not even read the story, and I'm gonna have to look it up and go back and watch it because I have not watched. And speaking of MotoGP, uh, we're gonna be doing the usual at MotoGP Speed City is, because we're gonna be on the mics out there. Kevin Schwantz and Jonathan Green are gonna do the, the play by play, and me and whoever else are gonna do the radio show that you can hear right here on 1370 here in Austin, and so we're going to get the band back together for MotoGP, and I think it's not a Formula One re- weekend, so we don't have to double duty. Am I right, Casey? I think that's right. Correct, Mundo, Casey says. So that's going to be fun. And I have to get caught up on MotoGP because I have been so F1-centric that I have not caught up and not stayed up with it. But, um, but yeah, let's see a couple more stories I had in here. So... Um, I talked about Logan Sargent. I'm going to save that for the next segment because we got some clips in there and and we're going to talk about Melbourne. We're going to talk about what's going on and what how to get ready for that. We're talking about the times already, but but that one's going to be a uh, – I mean, do you guys miss Melbourne starting the season? I don't know. It was such a tradition for such a long time. I absolutely enjoyed that. And one thing I, w- I have on my notes here was Hasif won because – I have loved watching Hulkenberg give Kevin Magnuson a run at this because we haven't seen it recently, right? We saw Nikita Madison, Mazepin was, a, you know, close to a disaster for Hasef one. Uh, back of the pack every single week. Mick Schumacher had flashes, of course, and I still think he could play, have a, you know, a future. He de- well, he's still in Formula One with Mercedes Reserve, so, but I still think he could end up with a seat. But hasn't it been cool to see Hulkenberg? Um, do exactly what they predicted. If you guys remember when, after the Russian debacle with um, with Hasef one, they said, who are we going to get to drive? In fact, Gunther went to Gene. He, we had this back on our YouTube channel and probably in our podcast archives, but he came on the show and he said, I went to Gene and said, well, there's here's the list. The list was pretty small of super licensed drivers. And Gene said, what is Kevin Magnuson doing? So Gene, you know, instructed Gunther to go get him. And apparently Gene said the same thing about Hulkenberg and said, I want you to go get Hulkenberg or at least talk to him because he knows how, what a consistent point score that Hulkenberg is in, in his long career. And he said, let's go get him. It hasn't been, hasn't been good to watch Hulkenberg and Magnuson, it's like, you don't know who's faster actually right now. It's too early, too early to tell. And they've both had flashes of being faster than the other one. That is one of my, that's going to be one of my favorite stories to watch this year. Both likable. And of course, the history that those two had make it add a little spice. So uh, we'll see how that, that goes. That's going to be a fun story. But well, let's get our last break in real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about an American in Formula One. We're going to talk about Logan Sargent. Back after these. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. 
BRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. BRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Hi, this is Karan Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. Your Sunday night with Speed City. And by the way, when we do our Formula One coverage in the mornings or earlier in the day on Sundays, uh, we don't have our regular Sunday night show. We just do uh, a replay of the post-race show, uh, but on all off F1 Grand Prix weekends, we do this. And it's usually the whole gang with me, but it's just me tonight. But I want to talk about Logan Sargent because hasn't he been a pleasant surprise for us Americans? And I don't want to say that I, I was not overly surprised because, look, he was he had a great career and some, and some really good moments in his career leading up, you know, Formula 3, Formula 2. But... I don't know about I don't know. I want to ask you guys: Were you guys su surprised a little bit by how good he's looked? And I know again, I'm going to say it again: We got a long season ahead, and he is a rookie, and he made some rookie mistakes already, but he's looked fast. And and like Jonathan's been saying on the uh, Formula One shows, that he looks like he's been there. He belongs there. He looks like he belongs there. And I found some comments that. James Voles, team principal at Williams, said about Logan Sargent. He says, um, he says he's the real deal. He says, because remember, James Voles was back at Mercedes when um, when James when when uh, when Logan Sargent was coming up, and he was you know testing for all the teams and doing some testing. And he said he came to Mercedes as a sim eval driver, and I was interested in looking at him because he had performance. Said especially when you go back to his Formula Three performance in an average team back in twenty one, says James Vole. That's a quote. And he said he was there with Oscar Piastri, and I rate Oscar also highly. And he said at the time in Mercedes we had a good suite of drivers. So that was my relationship with him there when it, that's how it ended, because they had a whole bunch of drivers, obviously. He said, but prior to uh Prior to him, that James arriving at Williams, Williams had funded his, his Formula 2 career, so he's now salaried as a professional driver and funded him. But, but he said, he, I admit that he was a little reticent about how quickly Logan Sargent would get up to speed. That's the perfect description of how the way I felt about it. I said I was surprised, but I was just a little reticent. I, I mean, I knew that he could, he's done good, and, and when I've spoken to him in person, I spoke to him about... Ten minutes after the announcement was made at Coda, if you guys recall, it was uh, not not this past 22, but 21 when he was announced that he was going to be driving for for Williams into their driver academy, and so they sought out the American journalists and they said, you know, make a spot. So, and I had reached out to them. I kind of had gotten wind of it a little bit, so I reached out to them early and they said, yeah, you can. So they 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 uh, brought me in immediately. So I got to interview him, and I was like. I want to see what he's like. And he absolutely did not have the deer in headlights look, but he wasn't at all arrogant. He wasn't, uh, he was very humble, but he, he just had, dare I say, just kind of an American viewpoint. He was like, I'm going to grab this opportunity and I'm going to kick its butt and I'm going to, to do whatever it takes to get it done. And you could just feel that he, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't over, he wasn't uh, he wasn't rude or anything. He was he was just a, a good a good kid, you know. And he's still still young, but but he was but he's been really great so far. But a little more, a couple of quotes from James Volson Williams. He says, uh, he says it just goes to show that in my previous life I was wrong and Williams right, which is great that he admits that. And by the way, I really like James Volson. I think we talked about it on on the uh, post race show the other day, but I really like him too. He's got, he seems like he's got a really, really good head on his shoulders and, uh, and talked about, I mean, he, he just looks like a really intelligent guy. So, but I do have a clip from Logan Sargent and I think this was post, 
uh, Saudi. Yep, this was just a week ago. So this is post-Saudi, and he talks about being disappointed. So let's hear from Logan Sargent. Logan looked like a, a tough race out there, but probably one where you learned a lot. You had a lot going on, on to deal with. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think the first 30 laps went pretty well. Um, pit stop was good, good pit entry, good pit exit. Um, but, yeah, I just struggled to keep those, the option tire alive there towards the end. And uh, the last 20 laps, I was definitely hanging on to it, struggling. Just felt pretty disconnected to the car today, so quite a bit of, look, quite a bit of data to look at and see why. But, um, yeah, you know, you gotta you got to learn, learn from, the, from the negatives and uh, take the positives. Well, you were shadowing your teammate for a big spell there as well until Alex had to retire. Like, it looked like your pace was good. Is it something that you come away from with more confidence that, you know, you've shown that even on a track that's tricky, you can be that competitive? I think in qualifying, especially yesterday, you know, was really, really quick. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get to show that. But, you know, I think today, not as happy with. Um, I think, again, it's a, it's a great way to learn uh, why we struggled mainly towards the end of the race. Um, but to be honest, even, at, even for the first 30 laps, I, I didn't feel very comfortable. Um, so just a lot to look at to see why that was and um, try not to let it happen again. Yeah, uh, a learning process. And that's exactly what King Principal said about it, too. He said that he said he hasn't got the experience that Albon brings to the team. He says, but his young, fiery passion that comes with things, he wants every millisecond you can get out of the car. And I think that's right. And how good was he in qualifying, though? I mean, I know he had that. He, he messed it up, but he was, I say good, how fast is really the word I should be saying, because he was very fast. He had a, uh, you know, a, a track limits uh, problem in Q2, but but he was fast in qualifying, guys, and I'm just really excited. I'm excited for the Williams team, you know, because they they look like they could be, you know, beaten at the mid pack here. Uh, I mean, it's it's you know we don't know where everybody's going to end up in all this, but. But, uh, you know, they're an American-owned company, if you guys recall. They're owned by, I think it's Doralton Capital is the way it's uh, pronounced. But they're just basically an American investment firm. But I like the moves they've made. You know, if that's what I was afraid of when I said I was surprised with Logan Sargent. I was afraid that, okay, we've got this American-owned you know, owned team, and they're just bringing him on because he's an American. And I was like, that's that was my reticence there, so... I was just a little disappointed. I mean, I was a little worried, not disappointed. I was a little worried that that's the way it could end up. So, but I think I'm happy. I'm excited that he's done what he's done. So we shall see. All right. I had, I saw uh, somebody texted me a question. They said, do you think that they, I think they'd seen an article on F1. I think I, think I saw this. Said, do you think Sergio Perez is a genuine world cha a championship contender? And, I started thinking about this, and my if I were betting in Vegas, I would not be betting on, on Checo. One, the team's built around Max, let's face it. But, but Checo, to me, I think back in his career, and he's always been fast, what his nickname, the Tire Whisperer, right? He's always been fast. And you don't, you don't, you're not good with those tires without being an amazing driver with, that, with a touch that, you, that it requires to do that, right? But think about Checo's career, right? He's not had, he's not been in the in the spot that he's in right now, where he could actually be in a position to win. But think about Checo's demeanor, right? I don't think he has the the fire, let's say, of a Max Verstappen, because I think no, I don't think anybody has the fire like Max does right now that I can think of in Formula One. It has it to that level, that literally do anything, do whatever it takes, and cross the line. Let's say maybe even so. Uh, I say maybe we know he has, so let's face it. But think about Checo and his demeanor, and is that would that hold him back? I don't know if that's fair to say about him, but what do you guys think um, about Checo? And do you think that that's possible? Because I I don't I mean sure it's possible because you never know what can happen, but I think it would have to be some pretty dramatic stuff to happen for Checo to. Uh, to win the championship at a max. I just, I just don't, I don't see that if I'm a betting man. So, um, another story I want to talk about is Mercedes. Uh, we touched on them earlier, but uh, I'm just thinking about 
the way they ended up um, gaining some some time in Saudi. And I was thinking about the uh, you know all all along we've talked about this it's zero side pod thing, but the changes that they've made I, I've heard a rumor that we may see some changes to the side pods. I didn't put that in my notes earlier, so that's why I was going to bring that one up. But uh, let's see what else. I wish that um, I wish that I had had Mr. Green here right now because he feels just as strongly about Logan Sargent as I do in a different way. He was like, uh, I told you earlier that he said he belongs in Formula One, right? And just that, that way. But but he was saying that um, he's always preached that, Jonathan always said, look, there's a lot of guys that could be in Formula One um, that that never get the opportunity. And I know that Logan Sargent comes from money, but he doesn't feel like it. And that's what Jonathan and I were talking about the other day. And that kind of goes to what I was saying when I interviewed him last year when he was first announced at the Driver Academy for Williams is that his family has money but he doesn't he doesn't act like it so he doesn't you know he doesn't come off and arrogant and and uh uh like some other drivers that I've run across stroll was that way guys I'll just be honest he was that way but he, I I have become a fan of of uh, Lance Stroll and he was kind of a, a snotty kid honestly when he first came into Formula 1 like we were standing there with our radio microphones and got completely ignored, but I, I, I get it. But, uh, but he was, and that wasn't, it wasn't just that. So anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I've become a bit of a Lance Stroll fan, but let me check the YouTube to see if I'm missing anything here. Uh, Derek says he thinks Checo could pull a Nico. I like the wording on that. Johnny Spa says that things line up right. Checo could win it. I think that's, that's true. And he agrees with me it's less likely. Yeah, I think it would have to be way too many stars aligned for that to happen. But uh, but yeah, Melbourne coming up, guys. We're going to be up early. And um, man, I have no predictions. It's too early for what's what's going to happen there. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what what these cars and these teams and all the... I, I Honestly, if I had to say I'm, I'm excited about anything more than anything else every week, I'm... I'm watching Alonzo. That's my favorite thing this year, that and what we talked about, Logan Sargent. Because it's not the same three teams at the top. That's probably my favorite thing. But I'm definitely looking forward to for, to Melbourne and seeing what the what the uh, the results are going to be after seeing the way we've started this season with all the surprises. I do hope McLaren bumps up Andy P. And uh, I bet they will. I bet they have a, a better week. You know, sometimes when you have a coaching change like this, uh, I call it a coaching change with uh, with James Key stepping down as technical director. I say stepping down. He was probably forced out. But sometimes that can spur a little something and get the team going. So we shall see. We're almost out of time here, guys. We've got a minute, about a minute left. Any last comments on here, YouTube? I don't want to miss. Nope, we're all good there. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in with just me tonight. I'll have the rest of the team back for the F1 coverage. We need to get uh, uh, Dave O'Neill back in because he has such a unique perspective. And we've, I've been talking to Dave about some stuff that he can talk about us with because, you know, he's had such the insider view being a Haas F1 team manager. So we'll get Dave back on a show soon. He's been had a packed schedule. So uh, we'll get him back on the show. And I know somebody texted me a while ago, how's my son doing? He's doing great. I got to see him today. They're prepping that McLaren to uh, head out to California for the next IMSA race. In fact, he's going out to uh, to a race this this week at Sonoma. Going to help some guys with another car. But all right, we are officially out of time. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks all the folks on YouTube. And uh, yep, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 